Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dindi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conditions conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side LC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello, everyone. This is Talea Dindi from On the Other Side That Life, and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Lisa Erickson. Lisa is an energy worker and meditation teacher specializing in women's energetics, sexual trauma healing, and complementary care. She is the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women and the Art of Science of Meditation through Llewellyn Worldwide. She can be found at enlightenedenergetics.com. Again, enlightenedenergetics.com. All one word. Lisa Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Thank you, Lisa. So please tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing. Let's start off talking about body wounds first and then how they can relate to trauma. I work with basic breath-based mindfulness, which a lot of people may be familiar with. And then I sort of branch off also into what we might call an energy body focus the chakras are energy centers in the body. And I consider these complementary care for anyone with any kind of health issue, because we know that stress compromises our body's ability to heal. So first and foremost, a lot of these practices can help you manage stress, lower the amount of cortisol and adrenaline, literally that you're producing in your body and that aids your body's healing. And then there's a whole other level that ties into energy medicine. Cultures all over the world have posited this idea of an energy body that intersects with our physical body and our psyche. So within holistic medicine, you're really trying to treat all levels, the physical level, the psychological level, the energy level. You treat all of those levels because they're all intersecting. And that's what things like chakras and energy work focus can help with. 
Thank you, Lisa, for explaining that. What led you to the work that you're doing? I was interested. I came to meditation really first for stress management. It eventually became part of a spiritual practice. And then I got interested in some of the energy body teachings underlying the kind of meditation I was learning. And there are many kinds of meditation. So then I got interested in the other side. You could say there's the spiritual side and there's the energy medicine side. And I started studying energy medicine, but it really wasn't until I had a health crisis after the birth of my first daughter, I had gallbladder attack, gallbladder surgery, and then two different rounds of C. diff, which is a kind of infection you can get in a hospital and it's in and out of the hospital that I really dove deeper into energy teachings and complementary care, how that intersected with other kinds of care that you're receiving. That's wonderful, Lisa. Being a cancer survivor myself and former cancer patient, I know how important complementary care can be. Just helping to ease, like you said, the stress, anxiety, but then also some forms of complementary care can ease side effects of treatment as well. What role can meditation or other complementary techniques play in healing? First and foremost, they do help you develop some detachment, you might say, from the emotional reactions that you're having, from the stress and anxiety that you are feeling. And it's important to find the right form of meditation that helps you. Is it breath-based? Do you like guided meditations? Do you like chakra meditation, which is one of my main focuses, energy center meditation? Find something that is soothing and relaxing to you because every time you get even a minute or two of relaxation, you are allowing endorphins to release in your body. You're lowering your adrenaline and your cortisol, and that allows your body's immune system and its natural healing system to function a little bit better. So you want to give yourself that space. It also helps then to create some space. Like when we meditate, even for just short periods of time, you're practicing letting go of whatever thoughts or emotions feel overwhelming. So then when you're in that doctor's office and you're getting news that is difficult for you, you have some practice in taking a breath and stopping so you can ask the questions you need to ask. Or if you're scared of a procedure, taking a breath and asking for more information or whatever it is you need. So that's on the level everyone can relate to. Then I think energy healing is this whole other component. And there's a lot of different sides of it. There's energy healers that work in hospitals now that might direct energy into you to help you feel calmer. Or you can work with someone on maybe the deeper patterns that might have contributed to your illness or the message that you might receive. For many people, they feel as if their illness, as difficult as it is, there's a message for them in it in terms of changes they need to make in their life. So processing that on an energetic psychological level could be helpful too with a formal practitioner. So there's a lot of levels, I think, that it works. I think you're right, Lisa, because you talked about how you could be getting messages about changes you need to make in your life. And that is so true. That was one thing that I was able to take away from cancer was these are some things that I need to change, but it took slowing down, listening to what was going on, paying attention to what was going on, especially within my body. And the work that you're doing is so important because I think that it helps people just slow down and get in the present moment and get more in tune with themselves. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up trauma earlier, and I don't think I necessarily talked about that. I do work with a lot of trauma survivors and it's interesting. We come up with a lot of different survival mechanisms to keep going, even if we have things that are very painful in our past, but sometimes those are almost stored away in the body. That is what we're learning about trauma. And that can impact, perhaps magnify, increase our chances of becoming ill. For one thing, we can become disconnected from our body, depending on the kind of trauma we experienced, we can disassociate from it, which means we don't receive those early warning signs. Mm -hmm. And so it gets to the point where we're very ill and then being ill can, the one positive thing that can come out of it is being forced to pay more attention to our body, maybe tend to those emotional wounds that have been stored away that it's finally time to spend some time on. That can be really tough, Lisa, because a lot of times when it's so traumatic and so painful, we just push them down really deep. One thing that I've been hearing a lot about, and please tell me if you see this with the people that you work with, childhood trauma and how deep that can go. For some people that can take years to come to the surface. Is that what you said? Absolutely true. Yeah. There's this study, the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study that was done at one time and it was tracing individuals and they rated different experiences in their childhood. And we saw the increase in the chances of later disease was higher. There's a lot of different theories as to why that is. I think on the medical front, it's that if someone lives with a higher level of stress, their immune system is possibly compromised. And there's a lot of layers to that, right? In terms of the things that cause us stress. And then from an energy body perspective, there's really this idea that things that harm us that we aren't able to release get locked in our body as an energy. And that actually contributes then to when physical disease starts to manifest, those blocks can actually fuel it. So you want to work on both levels. I think the main overseeing the, where it all intersects is this idea that emotional health and physical health are really entwined. They are not separate. They really aren't working on both is part of healing. I agree, Lisa. Now, when it comes to working through those traumas and peeling back those layers, how do you recommend your clients get started on that? For some people, it's really hard, especially if they're already physically sick. Exactly. And it may be that right when you're going through medical treatment, you can't necessarily dive into those traumas right at the same time because the medical treatment process can itself feel traumatic, Mm -hmm. right? So you maybe are just working with developing some mindfulness practices and ways to manage your stress. And then maybe at a later date, there's a time to dive into that. So I think it is about what pace feels right for you. And then especially with trauma, we now know a lot about it's very individual, what modalities for each person are going to help for one person talk therapy is very helpful. For another person, talking is too much in their head and they really need to get in their body. And so there are now like yoga classes for individuals who've experienced trauma. The kind of work I do is really like, where do you feel anxiety in your body? Or when you think of that painful memory, where do you feel it in your body? And then we're working with the energies of trying to help let that go and really trying to develop self-compassion. Viewing that is almost like a hidden part of you in the energy body. So it's really about finding the modality that feels safe and feels helpful. I think this is the number one thing with trauma. What feels safe? For someone maybe who experienced 
they were sexually abused by someone who was supposed to be a trusted authority figure, sitting one-on-one with a therapist alone in an office, it actually doesn't feel safe. It feels triggering. They need to maybe start in a group setting. They need to start on telehealth. They need to start with a yoga class. For someone else, having someone to really confide in like that, that they trust is everything. Mm -hmm. I think it is really about what makes you feel safe and experiment a little bit and honor what that is. Because with trauma, the whole point is you don't feel safe on some level. It feels scary. So number one is what person or what modality helps you feel safe? That's the first question you ask yourself. Thank you, Lisa. That's very helpful because there is so much out there now. And sometimes too much can hinder people from even exploring and getting started. Look for what feels safe and figure out whatever that is for you. Lisa, I always feel like I say this word wrong. So if I'm saying it wrong, correct me. Chakras? Chakras, or it's more of a harder CH, but people say it both ways, like chakra as opposed to chakra, but you hear it both ways. Thank you. What are chakras and how are they relevant to cancer treatment? So there are a few different maps of the energy body that have come from different cultures. And the chakra mapping really comes to us from the same tradition that yoga comes from. And it is like we have energy centers aligned parallel with our spine, really up the center of our body. There's different numbers attributed to them, but the system that is the most common and that you might see in a yoga class mapping is seven from our tailbone up to the crown of our head. And each of these links to different physical systems, different glands in our body, the heart chakra linked to our physical heart and lungs, the root chakra to our adrenals and our skeleton. So each is linked to physical parts and energy medicine. And they're also linked to different emotions and psychological states. So you can really use them as this intersection of, okay, I'm really going to work on, I'm experiencing a cancer of my reproductive organs that's linked to the second chakra. What themes in my life around the emotional themes of the second chakra, which is emotions, sensuality, sexuality, those kinds of things. What themes there might be there for me to work on? You could work on those in any of the modalities that we've mentioned. I work very gently on just chakra focus, helping someone connect to that part of their energy and bring forth a new vibration, a new feeling of what it might be like for that energy to be more opened up in their body. And that helps clear the trauma stored there. Thank you for explaining that. I've been hearing so much about it. It's really growing in popularity. And I want to thank you for explaining that some have seven, some have more. And I've seen that too. And it was confusing for me because I'm not an expert on it. So I'm like, okay, why are some different numbers? So that makes sense. Yeah. It's really like these maps develop for different purposes. So it's if you have a map of California, you could have a water map, you could have a road map, you could have a hiking map. They're all California, but each map was made for a different purpose. So some maps are more energy medicine focused. Some are more spiritual focused. There's differences, but they all overlap. Great. What are some common things that you see when you work with individuals with cancer? Stress and anxiety, I think is number one. And that's often the entrance point. I find I work with a lot of sexual trauma survivors, and I have not found a study on this, but I find such a high incident of reproductive related cancers. And I would just love sometime to see a study that perhaps rates different types of traumas. And is there a correlation to different kinds of cancers? From an energy medicine perspective, that would make sense. I think the medical community might have a hard time making that bridge, but it's interesting to me. 
that I see the parts of the body that are often impacted by cancer seem to often correlate to the themes, the emotional themes and the psychological themes that are connected to that part of the body in energy medicine mapping. I think really also this theme of feeling like you're experiencing some sort of message. What am I supposed to learn from this as I heal, as I go through this process? It is scary and it is transformative for almost everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's life-changing also. It can take you so many different directions and that can be scary in itself is not knowing what to expect. It strips you down. Yeah. So for many people, it is a spiritual journey in the sense that they just have to stop and really think about things. What matters in my life? What is my support structure? As I see to the other side of this, for hopefully for those who do, what do I want my life to be about? Because this has really made me reassess my priorities. Just a lot of things. How am I going to take care of myself going forward? That's changed forever. Once you have cancer, you don't take health for granted ever again. That's right. That is true. Lisa, I know that you haven't personally had cancer yourself, but you've shared with me that you've had loved ones who have, but then also in the people that you have supported and work with. What advice do you have for them from a complementary perspective or a professional who works in that area? What kind of advice do you have from that perspective when it comes to healing? I think just across the board, even apart from complementary medicine, seek all the support you possibly can right from the start, really accept every resource that's offered to you, really reach out to friends and family. Usually they want to help in a situation like this. Don't power through, accept help. <laughs> so that True. is my message to everybody. Like the first time, if I'm working with a new client, I'll be like, what's your support system? <laughs> you know, so important. And that to me has an energetic quality to it because human beings are social and we need a sense of community. And especially when we're going through something difficult and we know people who have that sense, there's like a different vibration in their body. We've actually measured this. But then in terms of complementary modalities, what resonates for you? Give meditation a try. Give energy work a try. See what might be covered. Some insurance covers acupuncture. Acupuncture as a alternative modality for side effects of chemotherapy for some people is extremely effective and it's often covered by insurance. So really seek what are the different things available to me? Experiment. Again, go with what feels nurturing, supportive and safe and open up. You might be like, I'm not sure I believe in energy medicine. Give a session to try and see how you feel and just, you don't have to believe in it. Yes. <laughs> just see what happens, right? Yeah. And I want to thank you for making that point, Lisa, because there are people out there. They're just, I don't want to do that hoodoo stuff. I don't know. That's not part of real medicine. So I just want to thank you for sharing that and encouraging people that, hey, you just should give it a try. Is there any additional advice that you have for people who are very hesitant? I think let go of the idea that you have to believe in it or understand it. Just give it a try and see how it makes you feel. Recognize most of this energy medicine is completely secular. It's not tied in the way it's practiced in the West to a particular 
uh, spiritual tradition, if you find a practitioner who is practicing it that way and you're not comfortable with it, then that's not the right practitioner for you. You can find someone that doesn't feel in conflict with your own religious beliefs for sure. I think the other thing is all these modalities for me are complementary medicine. I really am not in support of someone rejecting completely a doctor's advice and only doing these things. These are meant to be complementary. Now, not everyone is going to agree with me on that, but that's how I work with people. Yeah. I agree, Lisa, because I feel like there's a place for both and together they're very powerful. When I was going through treatment, I thought anything that could be good for me and I could do it, then I wanted to give that a try to help me get through it a little bit better. But you're right. There are some people who just want to go one way or the other, and that's their choice. Lisa, how can anyone get started working with you and learning more about chakras and energy healing, all of the modalities that you work with? My website is enlightenedenergetics.com and I offer both private sessions and workshops. And then I also have a book, which may be the easiest entrance point for readers because it's also offered as an audiobook for listeners or people who have a commute. And that's called Chakra Empowerment for Women. You can find that through the website as well. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. I know that you primarily work with women. Are there differences between men and women? At the energy body is considered like this intersection between body and psyche or spirit. So we could say at the level that connects to psyche or to spirit, it's not gendered, right? But the level that connects to the body, it is. And women go through a lot more hormonal transits that men than men do as well. But in terms of like menstruating every month, we have more variability in our hormones. Then things like pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, we have this whole hormonal arc that's very different. And that's actually also reflected in energetic patterns in energy medicine. There's different considerations. So there really is a difference. The basic chakras are the same for men and women, but when you get into the subtleties of how they function and their inner relationship, there are real differences. How do you work with people? I know that you have classes and private sessions. Are those in person, virtually? Yeah, I mostly work by phone and I will work by Zoom sometimes if someone wants or in person. But especially because I work with a lot of trauma survivors, I've actually found people prefer phone often. They prefer that for some people that creates a sense of safety, that sort of not having to have someone look at them if they get emotional. And you could say, oh, but don't you want that hug or that? Some people don't, right? And we can still offer comfort, I think, over the phone. Sometimes there are people like, oh, I really need to see who I'm working with. And then I'm happy to do Zoom. It's interesting the different reactions that you might have. And so I really do whatever supportive to someone. Thank you, Lisa. You made a great point. You never really know what someone has gone through. And so different forms of media or communication, interaction, it might be triggering for people. And I think in our day of technology, it's really hard to grasp. Why wouldn't anyone want to get on Zoom? That kind of thing. But there are very valid reasons. Before we move on to the questions that I ask all my guests, is there anything else that you would like to share? just to honor what feels good to you. I think what's so important when you're going through medical treatment also is owning your voice. And maybe you've spoken about this in other sessions, like really owning your right to ask questions. And I think that is the other thing I'm often working with when I'm working with someone going through cancer treatment, empowering the throat chakra and that ability to 
ask all the questions you want. Don't feel, oh, this is the authority and I'm just going to do whatever they say. It's your life and your body. So empower your ability to ask questions. And that's part of feeling safe. So the two go together in terms of reducing your stress. Oh, I love that you mentioned that, Lisa, because the throat chakra, what would cause that to shrink and make a person feel like they don't have a voice? Because that's something maybe people can start to think about. And even if they don't have cancer, maybe they're feeling like they don't have a voice in other areas of their life. How can they work on developing that? When I'm working with someone who has experienced abuse or assault, especially as a child, or perhaps a dysfunctional household where they didn't feel safe, that throat chakra is often going to be blocked because you often feel like it is not safe to express my emotions or it's not safe to say my truth, right? Or if it was sexual abuse, maybe you kept it secret. You were ashamed. You didn't think you could tell anyone. So these patterns of hiding, or you feel disempowered by society or by situations that you have been in, then you feel as if you don't have a right to ask questions of the man in the white jacket who went to med school (laughs) and asking questions is not countering their authority. It's simply, this is my body and I want to understand what's going to happen. I want to know what this procedure entails. I want to know what the risks are. I want to understand what my options are. And you have the right to do that always. But those are some of those childhood patterns or experiences can really make us feel as if we don't have the right to do that. Thank you for explaining that. I think that's a really big issue for women, especially. And the way that society set up, you always, some women may feel like they have to shrink and quiet their voice in order to be accepted or in order to feel like that's what they need to do to get ahead. Thank you so much for touching on that, especially knowing that you work with women. Yeah. Boundaries are big too with women. We often taking on the emotions of others and things like that. So developing that ability and claiming our right to affirm boundaries. And that includes in medical procedures too. I just need a minute. Can we not start? Can I just have another minute? It's okay to do that, right? That kind of thing. So Lisa, you led me to think about something else. For some women, unfortunately, if they have breast cancer, they have to have a lumpectomy, mastectomy. That thought or that pain of losing a limb, not just physical pain, but emotional pain. How do you work with women that have experienced those kinds of things? That really ties into our sense of identity as a woman. I've also worked with many women who have had to have a hysterectomy or a variation on it due to cancers, and that can really impact their sense of themselves as a woman. So really working with reclaiming that idea that our feminine energy is synced from our physical body, and there's so many forms of beauty and really learning how to extend yourself bodily love. I think that's another thing, a theme that comes up often is you can almost feel like your body betrayed you, right? So often with any kind of cancer, you need to go through this trying to get back into a good relationship with your body. Your body sent you a message. Now, how can you still care for it, appreciate it, love it? And there often is a lot of work to be done around that. And unfortunately, especially women may have already come in with not a good relationship to their body because of all the messages we hear about how it needs to be different. It needs to be skinnier or it needs to be this, that, or the other thing. So then disease will only exacerbate that feeling. So I do a lot of work around body love. For sure. And that's real heart chakra work and root chakra work because the root, the first chakra is linked to our physical body. 
Wonderful. Thank you, Lisa. That will be very helpful for a lot of the listeners out there. I'm going to move on to the questions that I ask all my guests. The first one is, what do people often misunderstand about you, if anything? I think when they see the work I do, they think I'm going to be really spacey and (laughs) woo-woo. And maybe yeah. I'm more spacey and woo than I think, but I think I'm very grounded. I have three kids and dogs, like very grounded and in the daily world. No, you're very grounded. Thank you for sharing that. I think that just because of, like you said, the type of work and not having all the information about what that is and what that looks like, that's probably the first thought that people have. Yeah. Lisa, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? This is a hard one for me. I really (laughs) like to travel. And I think I'm in California and I do really love it here. I love being by the beach, just was able to move closer to the beach in the last few years. And I do love that. So actually, I'd like to have 10 homes. Am I allowed to answer that? (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Yes. (laughs) I'd love to have one in Italy. I'd love to have one in the East Coast. I think those are the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Italy, the West Coast, maybe Hawaii. Oh, yes. (laughs) Tropical Island. Yeah, these are all some of my favorite places. So yes. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having 10 at all. (laughs) Dream big, they say. Lisa, other than your website, are there any social media platforms that you would like to share where people can find you? Yes, I'm on both Instagram and have a Facebook page called Chakra Empowerment. And I'm on Twitter a little bit less, Mommy Mystic. Have an off and on again relationship with Twitter, as many people do. Yes. (laughs) But on both Instagram and Facebook, I post little chakra lessons and teaching. Wonderful. I forgot to ask you, Lisa, where can people find your book if they're interested? It is available, Chakra Empowerment for Women, and the other one, The Art and Science of Meditation, are both on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. They're really available through independent bookstores too. So any of those places, you'll find them. Thank you. And one more time, Lisa, before we wrap up, anything else you want to share that maybe we have not covered? All healing is self-healing. So be good to yourself, and that can really support your ability to heal. Care for yourself. View it as self-care. Wise words, Lisa. Thank you so much for all the information that you shared with us. Thank you for educating the listeners about more options that are available for them on their healing journey. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Me as well. I'm so glad that you have created this podcast and you're covering this. Thank you. I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.